This is Better Benefits, a podcast from the team at Brella Insurance. We're talking about how to use employee benefits to build a world where health hardships don't create financial burdens. If you're a broker or employer looking for fresh ideas and new products employees will actually use, this show's for you. Hi there, I'm Laura Cave, Head of Marketing here at Brella, and I'm here with our Chief Revenue Officer, Mike Cirillo, for Better Benefits, episode number 30. Today, we're excited to have Tom DeLegro with us. Tom is a veteran benefits advisor based in Charleston, South Carolina, and this summer he was named as a finalist for Benefit Pros Broker of the Year Award. We were really inspired by Tom's story and his obvious passion for employee benefits, which you'll hear more about soon. And I was excited to have Tom on the show to give us an update really from the front lines as we head into the fourth quarter of 2021. Mike, I'm wondering, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to hearing from Tom today? Sure. Hey, Laura. Good to be back with you uh, on another episode. Yeah, so I'm in the same boat. I'm really excited to hear how things have been going this year from Tom's perspective. You know, obviously, we find ourselves in a in a really unique environment. You know, 18 months into this pandemic, and and we're all navigating a new normal. So I'm really curious what Tom thinks the the lasting impact has been on benefits and benefits utilization, and and how that might be showing up in costs. And we, you know, we've also heard a lot about employees embracing, you know, alternative solutions, telehealth solutions, needing more mental health support, you know, things that have become more the norm today than than ever before. So I'd love to hear from Tom, you know, what he's seeing in in his engagements with his employer clients in his region and and how they're responding to these uh, these new dynamics. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the show is is intended to serve you know, benefit advisors and their clients. And so I'm really excited for Tom to give us some on the ground practical advice that they can use. So let's go ahead and introduce Tom and get the conversation started. Tom Delegro is owner and principal advisor at Benefit Advisors of Charleston, where they're celebrating 10 years in business serving employer groups of all sizes. He is a Charter Health Rosetta Certified Benefits Advisor, and as I mentioned, he was a finalist for the 2021 Broker of the Year Award. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Truly, truly humbling for sure. So for, for folks who don't know you, I'm wondering if you could give us a little bit of background on your professional journey and your career and what led you to become so passionate about benefits. Yeah, thanks. I uh, try to do this without cracking up. But who, I mean, like I said, nobody ever really wants to get into the insurance business. And I was no different. I mean, this was like the last thing I ever wanted to do. So I'm a huge, I'm from Massachusetts. I'm a huge New England Patriots and an even bigger Tom Brady fan. And I remember Tom Brady thinking when he was going to fail at being a quarterback in the interview, he like rolled his eyes. He's like, oh crap, I'm going to go back home and sell insurance. And I saw that at a very young age. And I'm like, well, that's certainly what I don't want to do either. So I'm right there with you. And it wasn't until, you know, you just started looking at, at a healthcare background and it wasn't until a breakthrough conversation I had with several, Wendy can eat, but it was shared by several colleagues and mentors that I've had in this business. And they said, you know, don't look at it that way. Look at it as providing value. And you are a trusted advisor to employers who actually need valuable advice. And in going through that, I look back in my history and, you know, I think back to my personal experience 
it's because of an employer benefit program that was offered to my dad that we were even able to live when he got sick and ultimately passed away from cancer. So, you know, you have to go through that. And then with perspective and time, you look back and all those things start connecting and you're like, holy crap, I'm here and I'm having this realization. And the reason why I'm so passionate about what I do is because I'm a product of a company that gave up crap, right? And they offered long-term disability and paid for it. They offered life insurance and paid for it because we didn't have the money to buy it. And because they did that, the legacy of that benefit program is me. And so once all those things connected, that's where the passion really took off because you realize the personal impact it can have. And you never know like the millions of interactions that we each have during the course of our day and our career. You never know what trickle down effect that that might have from another, you know, 11 year old kid at whose parents were employed at a company. So that's why I actually ended up here. It wasn't by intention, but through several coincidences and, you know, happenstance ended up here. And that's what really fueled the fire to do what I do. I think we're batting a thousand now on guests who didn't think they would be in the insurance in the insurance field. Now, I think you're the first though that uh, related it back to uh, to Tom Brady. Um, we can <laughs> we we'll, we can tackle that a, a, another day. But I, but you're also you know poking at something that I I think is you know important to us here at Brella, Tom, and I appreciate you uh, you're sharing it, and that's the passion behind what you're doing and the why. And you know I I think. We say it a lot here that you know we're all in this together. We all we all serve the employees and their families that you know are are the the backbone to the employer organizations that that we work with. And and uh, so thank you for sharing that that story. My pleasure. I'm curious, you know, if you think about what you know your background and and what got you excited about benefits. I, I'm I'm sort of curious. Do you do you find that that you're able to sort of demonstrate that? day in and day out in, in your client relationships? You know, obviously that's a very personal story, but how, how do you sort of, you know, pull that out into your engagements day in and day out? Interesting. So one thing I've learned that nobody, again, nobody really want to get into the insurance. Nobody wants to talk about insurance. I actually had an employer who I, I was going to nominate for um, the Healthcare Hero Award. It's a little insignia that he can market to prospective employees. And he says, I don't want to talk about this when I talk about it to you. I don't want to, you know, let alone talking about somebody else for, for some insignia that I might get. So bringing it back, I didn't know when I first started that any of this was insurance. When I first got hired at my first job in the industry, I thought it was just employers paying for expenses on behalf of employees. And when the, they said, well, you need to get your insurance license to do this. I'm like, what do you mean? Why would I want to do that? And like, well, what do you think this is? And I told them, it's just employers paying for the cost. They go, no, it's all insurance. And I was like mortified. Like, what do you mean it's all insurance? What have I gotten myself stuff, into? Right. I went to like a 10-day depression where I'm like, now is the real is all the dots connect. I'm like, holy crap, I'm everything I didn't want to be. So all that to say this, when I go out and interact with my clients, we just talk real talk. The last thing we talk about is insurance. So applying it to my day-to-day, you know, what do you want to do? Where do you want to be? What what direction is your business going in? How can, what would you want to do to offer uh, as a benefit program to employees? And oftentimes, the last thing you want to offer is insurance. And so, you know, that kind of starts the interaction and and that connection of neither one of us wanting to talk insurance is really what allows me to really connect with with the employer groups that I deal with. 
Yeah, I love that. That's that's great, great perspective and and, and well said. So on the topic of, of your employer clients, can you share a little bit more with, with us on on you know what are the the problems that you're helping your clients navigate this year and, and as we look into another new year quickly approaching in 2022? Sure. A lot of the people that come to me, I would for better or worse, I've just gotten the uh, reputation of being the guy who does stuff different. And, you know, that can be good or bad, but, uh, you know, I wear that proudly. So a lot of the people that I'm interacting with are just done. They're done with a, hey, here's a renewal. Here are five options on spreadsheet. What would you want to do? So, which is fine with me. I mean, because that's certainly not the kind of broker that I want to be. We get in touch with people. And I think a lot of what's happened in the past year, everybody kind of knew that this was an unsustainable track. And I would, you know, draw on the analogy of the education system of a spouse of a, a woman who actively decided to homeschool after the debacle that was spring of 2020. And so similarly with a lot of people are going, screw it, I'm going to homeschool or send my kid, you know, to a, a more relaxed school or school without all these restrictions. Similarly, in the benefit space, I think these problems that are kind of under the surface with COVID, they just shot right to the top. And it just totally exposed the inefficiencies of the old model of what we were doing. I think we would have gotten here anyway. It just would have taken probably another five to 10 years. And the past 24 months have just accelerated what I think was eventually coming anyway. So, you know, it's been refreshing. It's been sad and frustrating in a lot of ways. But I think in the long run, it's going to be a very positive development, a seminal moment in, in our industry as we move forward. because. Again, I think it just accelerated the the realization among employers that the way they've always been doing things is is not a sustainable model. I'm curious, Tom, as you have been sort of working through renewals with groups, you know, what types of solutions and changes are people interested in making now that maybe they weren't interested in two years ago? Direct, intimate relationships with vendors. If we, if I've found that when I've brought a either a physician that I partner with in various markets. When I've brought in a administrator, an act, you know, a live person, not just on a Zoom call. When I've shown up in person and gotten really into the weeds of not on the surface numbers, but on the emotion behind what these groups want to accomplish, I think people are starving for that, and so they're looking for those connections. I have one one of my favorite clients. I love his phrase. He just says, "I want a single throat choke." kind of crass, but they just want somebody. And I think with the decentralization of our business and larger companies buying up smaller and you know, whether that be vendors, TPAs, or even agencies who are now being bought, there I think my the people I encounter are missing those personal, deep connections that they have with their advisors, vendors, or service providers. Mm-hmm. Are they are they taking on or providing new types of services or benefits that they haven't provided before? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm a big medical cost sharing guy. I know there's a lot of people who shoot arrows with that, but I fundamentally believe in the concept. Uh, I'm a huge believer and promoter of direct primary care. And again, getting back to everything that I've been saying, those provide all the, they check all the boxes of what I was mentioning earlier about those deep personal connections. People don't want the big insurance company. They don't want the faceless, nameless bureaucrats at a hospital. If I can bring a physician, if I can show something that's personal to them that they believe in, that's what I've been I've been saying. People are they're just tired of the same old stuff. So medical cost sharing, direct primary care, 
are two of the most uh, critical things that I've adopted that people have widely and enthusiastically embraced. Can you speak a little bit about mental health as a category? I'm just, I know in the oh past, gosh. like yeah. the cost and the stigma around it and not, not knowing somebody, not having that relationship around such a sensitive thing has made it like really underutilized and underprovided. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, a you touched a nerve there for me because I've had to deal with that with a lot of people and you try to help those people who, you know, I've had several examples of people calling me going, I need somebody to help me. It's like, okay, I'm on it. And you call a mental health professional and they say, sorry, I'm booked a month out. And you're like, okay. So again, another example of things that are kind of bubbling under the surface and now are out. That was, so it's been a problem. I mean, going back to my hospital administrator days, mental health was even back then, 2014 to 2016. It was, you know, who can I go see? Who's in network as I hold up my ear finger quotes, right? And you look at it and you go, well, nobody or one person. So great. You have insurance for that's supposed to cover mental health, but there's nobody who's going to take it. So what are we even doing? And so those instances where a guy's calling me going, I need help. And I have to turn around and go, well, they can't see you for a month and a half, at least. I'm sorry, you got to go to the ER, which is totally inefficient and high cost. Because yeah, the wrong place. The wrong, and they, they admit you and they don't let you out until you have a treatment plan. And next thing you know, the employer's in it for 30,000 bucks if you're self-insured. And so it, it's a problem. It's a problem. And, you know, there are certain, I know, telephonic or, or they, the nefarious they, say that, you know, mental health lends itself to telemed. And that's great. I don't doubt that. But communicating that to the person who has the mental health need is a disconnect until they are in the unfortunate experience of, I need help. My only outlet for immediate help is the emergency room. I mean, that's certainly something that is a pain point for me. One thing I learned, it's such a broad category, and I work with a great ancillary carrier, Salt Margin, out of the Mid-Atlantic, and one thing we get into a lot is on disability, the 24-month mental health limitation. Well, sometimes those are lifelong afflictions that people have to deal with, and no matter who you go to, it's just it just seems to permeate our business, not only from a medical standpoint, but also from something like a disability standpoint, I think our industry really has to evaluate how we deal and look at mental health because it's definitely a problem that's, again, surfaced as a result of these COVID shutdowns. Tom, let's, let's keep on this track for a second. And I want to go back to this topic of you know, the, the power of personal connections, you know, direct relationships. Everything you're saying resonates with me because you see it, right? You, you can just see how this is affecting today's you know, in, employee populations. I'm curious though, if, if you're willing to be as candid as possible on this, do employers get it though? Or are, is that what they're relying on you to provide? Is that level of insight and guidance and navigation? Because what you're speaking to, to me, is very much member employee level engagement, right? Solving those, those, you know, those issues that we're speaking about. But I'm, I'm wondering if, if our employers typically out there now are starting to get it and are willing to take those steps forward and do some things differently, or how much of that really is you pulling them along? That's an excellent question. I think it's a combination of both. I think from my perspective, just things just don't seem right. And they just don't know what not right is. Like they know that something's kind of missing. So my answer to that would be, I think they're halfway there, but they just don't know what they have to fill in to complete the other half. And I think that's where we come in. 
right? And instead of going out and going, oh my gosh, you know something, I have the best benefit program for you. It is just the best contract and the rates, forget about it. They're awesome. We're not asking questions. We're not asking if they know if they have any mental health concerns. We're not asking what they might want to do with their company three years from now. Like I just think the product first nature of how us as an industry has approached employers is just wearing thin on them. And they themselves are kind of, again, just that something's not right here. And I think they need us to kind of help show them, figure out for themselves, not us telling them what the other half of that not right is. So I don't know if that answers the question. But that's just my, not my sense from the people I talk to. Yeah, no, no, no. I think that's that's really well said, and and I think that's that's where you know very solid, strong, relevant advisors are going to be able to sort of make the best you know attraction. Right? Is is to fill in the blanks on that because I, I think that's that's exactly right. So curious as you look towards a, a new year, you know, twenty twenty two. What what's new for you as you as you look ahead? What's new for me? There's just so much. There's so much out there and there's so many solutions. I think for any employer group, it's important to further develop your questioning skills and your natural curiosity. Because no matter, we've talked about several things here, mental health and telemed and all this kind of stuff. It seems like there's a solution for almost anything that an employer might have an issue with, right? So... I'm not going to say this is new, but just continuing in 2022 to be curious, continuing to be a, an advocate for the employer, not the industry. I always like to say I work in the industry, not for the industry. And so remembering who we work for, we work for the employer. And yeah, just continuing to develop that and, and maintain that level of curiosity for each individual employer group versus you know, just dumping them with a whole bunch of new and innovative solutions, but finding the right solution for the right employer for the right problem. Yeah, that's really wise. I think your focus on, you know, what's the problem we're solving here before you go to the solution is, is key. And, you know, they, they always say people don't want to drill. They want the hole that it makes, but actually they don't even want the hole that it makes. They want the coat hook so that when they walk in the door, they can put their things and it's not a mess on the floor. Like the the emotional benefit at the end of the day is the thing that really matters and and it can be easy to to lose the the forest for the trees there. And it's a balance, right? And I heard something really interesting last night that just came to me. It was an employer reading a survey to his employees. He was going to the reasons why customers leave somebody. And very few customers leave for pricing reasons or bad experience, right? The number one reason why they leave is indifference, right? So indifference, you don't want to sit back and go, well, I don't know. What do you want to, what do you think you need, right? You still have to have that balance of genuine curiosity and asking questions with that passion and drive to say, this is what you need to do. Right. You're leading the conversation. You're being the advisor because you're the expert. Like, okay, I get why people offer two, three, four, six health plans. And that's great. Like in that context or disability program or whatever the benefit might be, right? And that's great for because everybody says they want choice. Like people want to know my employer went out there, vetted every solution 
and I trust them that they're putting the best thing in front of me for me to enroll in. So again, it's a fine line between indifference and passion and drive to implement a solution and really lead. And hey, we're going to give you choice. I think choice is overrated. That's inherently brings in stress and and mental challenges that people go through. Which one do I do? Do I do plan A or plan B, right? So, hey, we did the best we could. We went to market. We've got the best vendor partners. We've got the best advisors. Here is what we think is best for you. And now we're making that available. Yep. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, before we let you go, I have one last question that we ask everybody who comes on the show. And, you know, because everybody that we talk to is such a tremendous leader in their field, we're curious how you got that way. And we want to get nosy about your bookshelf. So is there a book or a resource that had a profound impact on your personal growth that you'd like to recommend? Yeah. So everybody likes uh, Jim. I like anything Jim Collins, right? And everybody goes to Jim Collins. Good to hear that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but there are two other books that he read that actually had a bigger impact on me. And that was How the Mighty Fall. And I'm forgetting the name of the other one. So putting me on the All spot right. as pressure. But the two other <laughs> books by Jim Collins, one of them being How the Mighty Fall, were I think were as good, if not better, than uh, Good to Great. And I can't let that question go without saying uh, The Go-Giver and Patrick Lincecone Getting Naked. So if anybody out there who listens to this you might know Wendy Kinney from Q4i, who has had a tremendous impact in my career. She recommended that book, Getting Naked, and it was a really good one too. Awesome. All right, great. Well, Tom, thank you so much for your time, for giving us you know, the, the frontline update of, of how all of this is going. We really applaud you for the great work that you're doing. I think you know your clients are really lucky to have a benefit advisor who cares as much as you do. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, ah, Mike, so much to unpack here that we talked about today. Um, I'm wondering what are a couple of key takeaways that you're keeping in mind? Well, there's there's actually three. You sort of touched on it there at the end. You know, I, I think Tom's genuine side, just, I don't know, for me, it came through in a, in a discussion like this. I, I can see how he's able to connect well with his employer clients. You can tell that there's a real genuine sort of desire to do things the right way. Not a real surprise that that he was up for uh, a, the Broker of the Year award. He had sort of commented on two things that I'll, I'll just speak to that for me really resonated. One was this this concept of you know direct relationships, the power of personal connections, and I mean, at the end of the day, we're we're all human beings, and the stuff that we're talking about. I mean, you heard it in Tom's you know opening comments around how he became passionate about this business. I mean, we we are talking about things that when benefits are needed often happen at at some of the most difficult tough times in people's lives and in it whether they're scary or they just they're uncertain you know the ability to lean on personal connections i think is critical and something that i'm i'm glad he brought up and then this other thing you know i hadn't quite thought of it this way it was where i was excited to hear his response was you know how employers are thinking and that they know something doesn't seem right they just don't quite know how to define what that means or what that that what right is. And, and I think Tom's approach to helping to guide them, each employer being different, is really uh, a good approach. And one I was, I was glad he articulated, you know, more for us. How about for you? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I really appreciated how he articulated the fact that we've seen this like five to 10 year acceleration in trends. So things that were not working are really not working right now. And things that were just about to start working 
suddenly make a lot of sense. And there's a lot more openness to, okay, maybe I can talk to a doctor from home and not go into a waiting room and get exposed to everybody else's germs, right? Suddenly we're like, that's really smart. And it's been around forever. And we were super resistant to it. And now it's here. So I'm wondering if that's going to start helping with the employers who think something's not quite right. I couldn't figure out what it was, but suddenly people are going to get loud about the the issues that they're facing because the pandemic has exacerbated those issues. And that points us to areas where we need to provide solutions. Because the second thing I wanted to mention was I've sort of already said it, so I won't belabor the point, but you know, it's not about insurance and it's not about the product. It is about the problem that you are solving. And that is peace of mind, that's financial protection, that's the ability to go to the doctor to take care of your body without worrying about what it's going to do to your wallet and your savings account, you know, and that is the thing that people value so much. And when we're in a situation where we're seeing all these headlines about the great resignation and people want have feeling so much burnout and wanting to leave work and, you know, as benefits professionals, if we can put something on their plate that makes life easier. And we have an opportunity to do that now in this time of year, you know, we should do it. And I know we spent a lot of time at Brella talking about, I'm similar. Like, I don't, I don't think of myself as like excited about insurance. I get excited about putting money in families, bank accounts when, when someone's sick or hurting and they're they're worried about all the bills coming in. And I think, you know, maybe that makes us unique, but I do think that there are a lot of folks in the industry who see it that way. And it's great to connect with someone like Tom to talk about that. Yep, well said. All right. Well, if you would like to connect with Tom, you can message him on LinkedIn. I will go ahead and add a link to his profile in our show notes, as well as a link to the book he mentioned, and maybe even a a link to the book that he didn't mention. I'll find out what that title is. And you can find all of that on our on our blog at joinbrella.com slash podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch with Mike or the team at Brella, you can contact him through our website at joinbrella.com. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe to the Better Benefits newsletter. And as always, thank you for listening. Visit joinbrella.com slash podcast for notes from today's show. And if you liked the episode, share it with a colleague. This helps us spread the word. Be sure to subscribe or follow in your favorite podcast player so you don't miss our next episode. And that's a wrap. This is Laura Cave and Mike Zarillo from the Better Benefits Podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great week.